Um, I think I feel just really grateful for uh, the idea that Jesus was on the cross and he was thinking of us. Like just, I think I'm just stuck on that idea. I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I had considered that, Curtis, that, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not working. I'm just going to tap it. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, in thinking about the cross, I, I think it's amazing to think that Jesus was on the cross dying and that he was forgiving the people around him, asking the Father to forgive the people around him. But then in, in, his, in his last breath, when he's saying, you know, um, uh, my God, why have you forsaken me? It says in the Bible, then he took his last breath. It's like, even in that moment, he was for me. He was for us. I just think that's... Like you, you put yourself in in that situation. That's a you know he is about to die. Like his his body is uh, on its way out, and he's thinking of us. That's just incredible. I think I'm just yeah, just stuck on that idea that um, he was facing such a a trial, and that he was just filled with so much love, that, that he was so convinced that um, this life was. Um, meant so little in comparison to what he would receive after the trial. And it fits in nicely because uh, I wanted to talk today about the idea of being refined by fire. And there's, um, there's a song called Refiner and Curtis has promised to sing it to us, the first song after we have our discussions. And I said to Curtis, I'm like, oh, I started thinking about, you know, what I wanted to share today. I said, oh, there's this song and I feel like, everything's in this song that I sort of wanted to share. <laughs> He's like, oh, which song is it? I'm like, Refiner, and he knows the song. He's like, oh, just a light topic then. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then we agreed. We're like, have we ever done light here? You know, do we, do we want a light smattering of Jesus or do we want the whole deal, say? Um, and the reason I wanted to talk about that today was I think I'm feeling um, more and more inspired that um, there is value in trial, um, that we are being refined by the difficulty and the trial that we face in life. Um, and the thing that I'm discovering more and more now is that uh, on the back end, and maybe this comes with age because you look across, you know, um, the trials that you've faced in life and some have come to a place where because of those, your life is bearing fruit, you know. I put it in the same category as, you know, being pruned. And it's like, well, you prune something and it bears fruit and it's like, it, that's painful and uncomfortable. And a trial is painful and uncomfortable, but you think about the, the idea of um, purifying gold. It's like it gets heated and refined by fire and the um, alloys and things within it that um, are contaminating the gold are actually separated and removed and you're left with this pureness that otherwise wouldn't be there unless it was refined and heated by fire. And that's what he's doing. That's God's plan. That's um, uh, that's the purpose of our trials. Um, and the thing that I, I guess I'm connecting as I get older is that um, on the other side of those trials, and this is where it takes. This is probably where it takes a turn a little bit. But um, is that I find myself in a place of abundance, um, and I'll I'll explain that and I'll get to that. But um, this this uh, these thoughts sort of uh, these came together probably. Um, really because I guess I was seeing a lot of trials. Um, you know, we're all within our trials and within my trials. We, you know, we weren't promised that this life with Jesus would be without them. But, yeah, I, I guess I found myself amongst uh, stories, people's stories of trials. Um, 
uh, Amy and I used to work for, um, uh, some of you might not know, that's how I know Amy, that's how I got to know Steve, we used to work together. Uh, I, I rang um, one of our bosses and he's getting older, he'd had a stroke, he's okay. Um, but he, he's been through some trials and I spoke to the other boss, there was a pair of them and, and you know, he'd had cancer um, and his partner had left him. Um, and then my parents started telling me a story of some people that they knew that had um, eaten something that had made them really sick. And it turns out that had been on the news. Um, and uh, yeah, there was tragedy amongst that family. And so, um, yeah, I, I just every, everywhere I turn, there's just a few stories, but everywhere I turn at the moment, there were just these, these trials. And, um, and then I'd heard that, uh, you know, a friend of mine who... Uh, he, he'd, he'd always had um, lower back problems and he'd had surgeries and the surgery was botched basically and then um, I'd found out that he had cancer um, and he was going through a really hard time and I, it was, I think it was Curtis, he's in the office and he, I, like, I, you know, I was praying for my friend and <coughs> Curtis, you know, was praying for him as well and um, he said, oh, how does he feel about Jesus? And I had to think about it for a minute and I was like, oh, actually... You know, like this guy accepted Jesus 10 years ago when, you know, we had been hanging out and I'd been talking to him about my faith and I said, hey, do you want this? And he said, yeah, I do. And um, I saw him for the first time yesterday. It's, it's gone really well. The surgery's gone well. He's got some good news. Um, it was stage one. They got all of it. Um, and he, he said that he... Um, He'd become really reliant on his faith in that time. Uh, and I, I don't, you know, it was 10 years ago, we'd sort of lost touch a little bit. Um, but I could see uh, as much as I'd want to rescue someone from a trial, I could see the fruit that it was bearing. <clears throat> yeah, so I think as difficult as it, it is to watch someone go through a trial, I found myself grateful um, for his trial. And I find myself grateful for my own trials because I see, in fact, that they increase my faith and um, they bring me to a place where regardless of what I have, um, regardless of what state our bodies are in, it's like when we recognise that we have everything that we need in Him, we can trust Him and we can face life um, and all that it throws at us um, with a mindset of abundance. I wanted to read, uh, this is Psalm 66, 10 to 12. This is David speaking. He says, for you have tested us, O God. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid a heavy burden of servitude on us. You made men charioteers ride over our heads in defeat. We went through fire and through water. Yet you brought us out into a broad place of abundance to be refreshed. It's interesting that um, he equates... Uh, the idea of trial with abundance. And again, James 
1, 2 to 4 says, consider it, and, and this is, I guess, the, the more popular verse that you, scripture that you, you might have heard, and it, it's popular, I guess, because it's confronting, but it contains a lot. So it says, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and, brothers and sisters, when you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. Again, through trial, we come to a place of abundance where we lack nothing. And I think um, the part that caught me just this morning, actually rereading over this, was this idea that um, it's to do a thorough work, that endurance is to do a thorough work in us, um, and that the result would be that our faith would be developed so that we would be lacking nothing. And I think I think of trials in my life and I think um, of all the ways that we would try and avoid the emotion that comes with a difficult time or that I would try and rescue someone from a trial um, because it's difficult to see people going through a trial. Um, and I see people trying to escape their trials with all sorts of distractions just as, as we all tend to. And so... Um, did I, I, Knowing, knowing that, and you know, we, we can all consider our own trials, and you probably are in this moment, this is a pretty hard sell to consider it pure joy when you go through all kinds of trials. In fact, um, you know, you might be sitting there and, you know, rightly thinking, no, this is not the solution. The solution to my trial is to get away from whatever the trial is. But it's just in, in Scripture, in James, we read that, in fact, we're to let this trial do its thorough work in order that our faith is increased so that we enter a place of abundance and so um, because it's a hard sell I just I guess I wanted to make it personal and share a personal story and um, so uh, and and I guess I've, I've shared this just to maybe two or three people um, this is th- yeah th- I, I was reflecting on um, I guess uh, a trial uh, over a longer period in my life um, where I guess I felt like I had decided what my life should pan out and look like and um, in certain areas I, I, I was finding it difficult, difficult to um, compare where I was in comparison to, you know, what I had decided my life should look like and um, I guess that was producing uh, some bitterness in me, it was producing some sadness, it was producing um, some despair and... Uh, I was I was praying one night. I'm not sure I was praying actually. I was, I think I was half half asleep, and I felt like God just gave me this um, this picture, and I was holding onto something really tightly, and I was expending a lot of energy, and I realised that I was in the water, and this thing was going down, and it was getting darker, and I was holding my breath, and that was exhausting because holding your breath is exhausting. And I realised that whatever it was, it was going to drown me and I had to let go. And so I let go and made my way to the surface. And as I hit, as I hit the surface, I realised that there was a boat and there was a sunrise. And I made my way to the... It was a nice boat. I don't, don't know much about boats, but this one seemed pretty cushy. So I climbed into the back of the boat and I sat there and I thought, okay... We're off. We're going to go do something amazing now. And the boat chugged once, turned around. And the couch that I'd sat on on the boat was just looking at the sunrise. And I felt God say, 
Just look at me. Just look at me. Um, and so I guess I look at my trial and I look at the bitterness and the thing that was, that was dragging me down, the thing that I was holding on to, the expectation of my life. And, um, and I look at the, look at the sunrise and, and I think, um, this, is this better? And, and, I, and I, w- I wish in that moment that I could tell you that I felt like everything made sense and that I saw that the sunrise was better and that I was able to look at him and that I had all the answers. But in the moment, I guess the question arose, it was like, is this enough? It was kind of like I had received this aspirational picture and yet I was battling with the idea that maybe I'm holding on to something still. And I came to church um, probably a week later and Keith comes up to me and he says, you know, I just sense a sadness. I've been seeing a sadness in you and um, I feel like God's just telling you to look at him. And I was like, mind blown. Like you're just seeing into the spirit, you know, like thank you for that, Keith. Um, but it really raised this, um, this question in me. It's like, is this enough? Do I have what I need? And um, it probably wasn't until... Uh, I was, because because I knew that I was struggling to see the sunrise, but it wasn't it wasn't until I was considering uh, with God in prayer what I saw in Him, um, in that sunrise. And a sunrise is beautiful. And this sunrise wasn't moving; it was like it was staying here. It was a thing of beauty, just above the water, calm and still. Cliffs going into the water it was just amazing. And I was reflecting on all that he is in worship and, you know, as we did together this morning and all I know him to be that, um, you know, all that I've received from him. And I guess I, because I wasn't seeing the sunrise clearly, I started to feel a little ungrateful. I was like, oh, what is, what is wrong with me that I can't see this sunrise? And he said to me, it's not that good. And I was like, what, the sunrise? No, what you're holding on to, it's not that good. And I think that was the turning point for me. It's like, it's not that good. It's not that good. The thing that I'm holding on to is not that good. My expectation for life is not that good. It's not better than the sunrise. It's not better than him. I have put this thing on a pedestal. I've put this thing in number one position. And, you know, I I think we chase the thing that we think we'll find security in. And it's easy to chase the thing in the world around us that the world says is the thing. But it's not that good. It's not as good as we think it might be. And story after story, you hear of, you know, people in the upper echelons of whatever it is that they're chasing that get to the finish line or so the world would say. And they say, it's not that good. And they need more and more and more. And he just says, look at me. Just look at me. See what you have. Yeah, and I started to think about... um, seeing beauty in the sunrise and and doing away with the things that um, the world would say are the things that I need to chase. And I started thinking about John the Baptist. You know, the guy lived wearing, you know, not amazing clothes, just whatever he could catch and kill and put on himself. He ate locusts and honey, whatever he can find out there. And he decided not even to live in community. He he just didn't need the things that people, the, the world around him said that he needed. And in the moment of recognising that I had enough, that he is enough, 
I just I, I just felt like, um, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. Yeah, I didn't want for the things that I needed before. And um, so I guess that's that's my question for us this morning. Yeah, is, is he enough? Is he the thing? And how would you live if you really truly believed that you had everything that you needed? How would you feel if you knew that you lacked absolutely nothing? Is that true for us? Because that's aspirational as well. We can say that and we can think, yeah, that's a really good idea. But how, how would you live? How would you live? And so on the back of this, um, yeah, I, I felt excited about it. I felt like my soul was refreshed. I was like, I've, I've spent years chasing, this is not that long ago, I've spent years chasing the things that I thought were the thing. And, and I've had the thing all along. I have abundance. And through my trial, um, in the refining, through the heat, my faith has increased to the point where I've recognised that I am the one in abundance. And this was tested. Mel, Mel and I went away on holiday recently. We went to stay with Mel's family. And um, uh, they, live, they live in a nice area in Western Australia. Um, and, you know, we, we, we went over there and I guess we were hanging out with people that we might not necessarily see a lot and, you know, friends and friends of friends. And, you know, you, you sort of feel, um, you know, an introduction to someone and, and I guess maybe eyes on you, like who are you, what are you about, people sizing you up kind of thing. Um, and and I, I guess over there, you know, like they've had the mining boom and people have things and people, you know, um, talk about their things inevitably in, in conversation. And I'm, I'm walking around um, this neighbourhood on multiple occasions looking at the nice houses and the amazing flat grass, different varieties of grass that look like a bowling green, which I'm into. I'm getting older, I'm into grass. <laughs> and I'm looking the, at these houses that have been knocked down. There's, there's one place that they knocked down three houses to amalgamate three blocks to build um, this gigantic house that has like um, Australia's largest indoor resi residential swimming pool plus the largest outdoor swimming pool. I don't know, they must have been a family of swimmers or something. Um, I'm, I, I, that's why I assume. I'm, I'm walking past these these crazy houses like you know that it's a it's an amazing house when it has a name you know how some people name a house like it's not it's not just a house and so I'm walking back to um, Mel's parents place and one of them says La Pavilion and it's like the balcony is almost as big as my house it's just crazy crazy um, things that I'm seeing I'm walking around the neighborhood with her dad and, he, and he's like oh yeah this person so-and-so lives here and this person's the head of this and 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 blah 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 and and I guess I guess the temptation for me in that was that there seemed to be a lot of important people doing important things and that I am not and that I am inadequate um, and that I do not have enough and that I guess my revelation that he is enough was being tested and so um, the question I guess arose in me it was like am I Am I, am I really going after the right thing here? Because I, I've made decisions in my life that don't lead to this. Do you know what I mean? Like this might be the extreme end of, you know, as an example, but I guess I'm actively making a decision to chase other things. And I, I don't know what the future holds. Maybe, maybe the future leads to La Pavilion. Like, <laughs> finger, fingers crossed, I, do, I don't know. But maybe it doesn't. And I'm definitely not making decisions that the world would say 
are wise if my goal is La Pavilion. Do you know what I mean? And so I think when I'm older now and have responsibility for the family and and have a you know responsibility to choose a direction for them well my direction impacts them directly i think the the important question is am i right about this i want to be right about this because this this is important and and i think i've seen um i think i've seen a lot of people choose that this journey of refinement by fire is not worth the cost And I've, I think I've felt the risk of the idea that if I continue to partner with what he's doing, that I might receive less than what I would if I chose to partner with what the world around me seems to be chasing. And so I had to rely pretty heavily on the revelation that he is enough and I had to look at him. And so I walked around that neighbourhood just thanking him, just being grateful. And I, I guess I found myself in a place of abundance, even amongst abundance that was not mine. In fact, maybe abundance that did its best to speak a message of lack. I found myself in a place of abundance. And, and I had to battle again a few times to get there. But I, I guess that's another question that I want to throw out there today. Is this risky or is this the right way? Let's read 1 Peter 1, 3 to 7. And, and I, think, I think, you know, I've said this is a hard sell and I think the reason we need to go to Scripture is because this is, this is how our soul is convinced. You know, this is, I, I can't, you know, there may be mornings where I wake up and again this message is upon me where it seems, it, it just seems like it's too great a risk and I'm making the wrong decision. I'm getting warm. That's better. All right, let's read 1 Peter 1, 3 to 7 says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a couple of scriptures to you. It says, Blessed, gratefully praised and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is, to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose, to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, born anew into an inheritance which is imperishable, imperishable, beyond the reach of change and undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, who are being protected and shielded by the power of God through your faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. In this you rejoice greatly, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested and purified by fire, may be found to result in your praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And James 1, 9-12 says, Let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position as a born-again believer, called to the true riches and to be an heir of God and the rich man in his glory. Uh, and the rich man is to glory in being humbled by trials revealing human frailty, knowing true riches are found in the grace of God. For like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching wind and withers the grass. Its flowers fall off and its beauty fades. 
so too will the rich man in the midst of his pursuits fade away. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favoured by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The victor's crown of life. That's what we stand to receive. We're being purified by fire for a short while now, so that as our faith is tested, we recognise the abundance we have when we look at him. And we recognise in every situation, regardless of what the message in the world is telling us, that we don't have enough, that we have him in abundance. And if he is enough, then we are enough and we have enough. And I just wanted to share... um, Well, I got thinking about this idea of what would life look like if I did live in abundance. Um, And I think I recognise that if I don't believe that I have enough, I I won't stand a hope of having anything for anyone. Do you know what I mean? I'll always be searching for something to take for myself, to receive, to get. But when I receive his love and when I recognise through the trials and my faith is increased through the trials, that actually I get to live in abundance, that I have the best thing, it's then that I can have something for others. And so, um, yeah, I just felt like God put this on my heart, this, this story. This is in Luke 21, 1 to 4. It says, it's talking about Jesus. It says, Looking up, he saw the rich people putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. He said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in proportionally more than all of them for they all put in gifts from their abundance but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on i would say that that's a bad move wouldn't you i would say if that's all that you had to live on wouldn't you buy food does that not make sense wouldn't you buy the thing that's going to sustain your body i think i think this widow had a mindset of abundance and I think that's what's on offer for us today. Wouldn't it be amazing if we came down to our last penny and we were so confident that he had in mind for us everything that we need, that we didn't have to live without fear, we didn't live in lack. In fact, even in that moment, we could live in complete generosity. Like Jesus on the cross. Even in the moment of his death, living in complete generosity. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And then he, in his dying breath, speaks out a verse for our benefit to point us back to Scripture, to fill us with truth. Wow. Like, I want to live in abundance. I don't want to live in a mindset of lack. And, and I look at my circumstances where the world could say that I lack. And, you know, the Scripture that we read says, consider it pure joy when you go through all kinds of trials. And that's really difficult because the trials are difficult, but they they have purpose. My trials have purpose. Your trials have purpose. Our trials are designed to increase our faith in order that we would recognise that we have the better thing. We might be feeling like we're drowning. How many people are drowning in this world? In bitterness and anger, holding on to hurt. And we have the opportunity to say, Hey, look at the sunrise. Look at the sunrise. There's something better. 
And when we discover that he is enough, that we have enough, that actually in everything we've always had abundance, that we lack nothing. And when we come to learn these things through the trials that we go through, we can rejoice in our trials and say, that was worth going through because now I have something more than I had. I can live in abundance. Even when the world says I have nothing, I have everything because I have him. He is enough. And if he is enough, I am enough. And I don't have to live in fear of not having enough. And so I think the emotion of a difficult time and the emotion of a trial can be completely overwhelming. And that is completely understandable. And so if you find yourself today, as I have, where you feel saddened, despairing, lonely, discouraged, then I guess I'd encourage you, based on what we've just learned, that our trials have purpose. And as uncomfortable as they might be, his plan is that they would produce fruit. When we learn that we have an abundance of him and he is the best thing and he is enough and he is the good thing and the thing that the world goes after is not the thing that will lead us to a place where we can face those trials and recognise that we have everything that we need. Yeah, let's talk about it. I'll be interested to hear um, yeah, your thoughts. And if you have the courage to share how you're feeling about your trials, it would be great to be in it with you. Um, but yeah, I really, I really believe that God wants us to come to a place um, where we recognise that he is the best thing, that he is enough, um, that we lack nothing. All right, let's take some time out. Curtis, how many groups...